What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Base Hit Ball for podcast. My name is Glenn DeNegris alongside Alex Cashman, Tyler Blumensick, and Scott Roswald. Big week of offseason action, both in the transaction department. We had the Hall of Fame that was announced about about an hour ago. Um, rules being sent down for the 2021 season or being negotiated. Um, but I think before we get into all that, I think we should probably start with what just happened, the Hall of Fame. Um, nobody made the Hall of Fame this year. Last year, it was Derek Jeter and Larry Walker. The ceremony got postponed due to the coronavirus, so that'll be in July. So there will be some sort of ceremony and celebration in July, but it won't have any uh, players from this year's kind of list. Uh, Kurt Schilling was the closest, 71.1%. Bonds and Clemens made it just uh, just over 61%. Rolling at 52.9, Viscal, Wagner, all of them fall short. Good thing, bad thing, indifferent. There's a million reasons why people don't get in, whether it be just, you know, not their time yet, whether it be steroids, whether it be, you know, people just don't like them for whatever reason. Well, what are, what are the initial reaction of nobody making the Hall of Fame in 2021? I don't have really an issue with the fact that nobody got in at all. What I have a problem with is the fact that the steroid guys are being kept out of the hall of fame, especially in a year like this, because if you're saying I only have this many spots or when I'm putting them up against guys like Derek Jeter, or Mariano Rivera in years past, when you put them side by side, they don't necessarily deserve it because their record is tainted, I guess. But in a year now where nobody gets in, I feel like this is the year where you say, all right, these guys should be recognized for what they were and put them in. Yeah, it, it's weird. Uh, kind of agree with Ty. Um, just right now, there's just no one really all that. Like, none of the new guys on the ballot this year were first ballot Hall of Famers. So it really came down to whether or not those steroid-era guys were going to gain the vote or a guy like Kurt Schilling was going to get enough support who his numbers on the field definitely say that he should be in the Hall of Fame. But his off-the-field character, the guy's kind of an asshole, uh, has played an effect on him getting into the hall, so he hasn't gotten that support. Um, but th- there's just so many damn writers that are, are voting for this that I think it, it's it's a struggle because you got you to gotta gain the vote. You got to get 75%. And there's, there's hundreds of voters. So there's probably just too many people voting right now, so maybe they need to reduce the amount. There was the one guy who uh, first year ballot uh, voter for the ballot literally submitted a blank ballot. Like if you're going to have that honor vote, like that's kind of embarrassing, like for the league that they have people that just don't even vote, even though they're first time uh, getting the honor. And I just looked up, it's the first time since 2013 that no one made it in uh, from the writers association. Um, yeah, I'm not upset, but it's, I don't know. I feel like somebody should have gotten in. I mean, I'm not surprised that nobody got in. I'm not surprised that the steroid guys are not getting put in, but I'll argue that they should. I mean, you can make the argument that Bud Selig, who was the commissioner and who oversaw that entire era of Major League Baseball, he's in the Hall of Fame and he completely botched any litigation, any, you know, checking, any testing, all of that, that was all under his watch and he was really bad at it. And 
steroids, as we know, when ran rampant throughout the mid nineties into the early two thousands under his watch, he's in the hall of fame, but you know, guys that hold the all time record for home runs, he's not in the hall of fame in Barry Bonds, a seven time Cy Young award winner in Roger Clemens. He's not going to the hall of fame next year will be the first year that a rod and David Ortiz will be on the ballot. They're going to have an uphill climb to get to the hall of fame. I think if anyone of those guys is going to get in, it's probably going to be Ortiz because he's a, he's a media darling for whatever I disagree. reason. I think it's the opposite. You think A Rod could get in? I think he's got a better chance to get in. I don't think so. I, I, don't I think, think so. Ortiz will get in before A Rod's got the the. Ortiz two is going to make it, and A Rod's not going to. And I'm going to throw a hissy fit. I don't know because you look at the DH thing with Edgar Martinez. It's kind of the same argument for David Ortiz. But Edgar Martinez the... never had PED. Um, exactly. I'm saying it's going to be harder for Ortiz, and it was already really hard for Edgar. But A Rod was just that good. Where I feel like, but Bonds, he, was that he has good. a legitimate and case. Clemens is that good. Barry Bonds. But Barry I feel Bonds. Like in two different stratospheres. Sammy Sosa is that good, right? All these guys are that good. Then they're on in. I don't think A Rod, I don't think his, you know, reputation 180 that he's made since he's retired with, you know, ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball, with J Lo, with all of his other business ventures. I don't think that makes up for what he did, not just getting caught once, but getting caught twice and serving a 162 game suspension. I don't know if. Yeah he's going to be able to overcome that. No, they're both going to have should. a tough time. I think they all should be let in because I think that is a generation of baseball that shouldn't be ignored. But gun to my head, I don't think A-Rod ever gets in. Yeah. I just think Ortiz has more against him. He's got the DH argument that people like to put up in the air for some reason when it's a big part of the game. Like, if you're a good hitter and you're a DH, you only hit. Like, you get in. Like, that's it. You did your job. You're a Hall of Fame designated hitter. It's a position. It's not just like Rover. I don't know. I think Ortiz will have he'll have an easier chance getting in because Edgar got in. They they set that precedent. I think it opens now. the door. Yeah, mm-hmm. it opened the door for him. You know, That's it's a good just point. like how Mariano should open the door for future unanimous guys. It's a shame Billy Wagner didn't get in. I feel like Billy I, I Wagner's a deserving Billy reliever. Wagner. He's still got a chance. Yeah, I think he will eventually. He's got a couple but. more years. Billy Wagner got forty six point four percent of the vote. The people who fell off the vote not getting five percent. Aramis Ramirez, Latroy Hawkins, Barry Zito, AJ Burnett, Michael Kadire, Dan Heron, Nick Swisher, Shane Victorino. They're all gone. Yeah. Not Dan Heron is players. a A1 Twitter follow, by the way. Yeah. Hall, of, and, Hall of Fame Twitter guy, but you know. and you know, all those are off. I think only really A-Rod and Ortiz are coming on. Jimmy and Jimmy it's Rollins. Going last, it's gonna be the last year for Clemens and Bonds. So they might be able to have another jump because I don't think it's a good luck if you go two straight years with nobody getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, we're just kind of in a, an age right now where there's not a ton of guys coming on. Uh, just a couple of Phillies. Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard will be on the ballot next year. Howard's I can't not, see them getting the 5%. Howard's not a Hall of Famer. Jimmy Rollins has a chance. Um, he had a longer career, and he was very productive over his career. Um, but, yeah, just we're kind of in a stage right now where there's just not a ton of Hall of Fame guys coming, coming in. We're... It's going to take a few years, I think, for there going to be a, a wave of these newer guys coming on. And Cash, I think a big problem with the Hall of Fame is the voters themselves. They seem to have this sense of entitlement and just self-importance that they are these gatekeepers of heaven and they could decide who is and who isn't a Hall of Famer when they've never really played the game themselves. What do you think of that optic that these writers hold so much power to decide who goes to the Hall of Fame? 
Well, anyone with a blue check mark on Twitter thinks that they're almighty in the world, and that to me is an issue. Um, and that's a lot of these writers. And you could to be a to be a Hall of Fame <laughs> to be a Hall of Fame voter, you have to be a writer for ten, 10 years, years, right? Uh, so anyone could do it. You just got to be a writer for ten years. So um, I, I don't think they're that important. I don't think they're that special. And Truthfully, I, I, here's my question: Is there's no real, real, real reason that Kurt Schilling should not be in the Hall of Fame? I don't like Kurt Schilling. I disagree. I, I hate I Kurt know. Schilling. But are you in the Hall of Fame based on what you do off the field or on the field? I could give you some good reason. I mean, if you're not counting off the field, then I can't really give you any good reason as to. So why. that's what yeah, I'm saying. I don't that's... like him. I don't like him as a person. But if you're, you need to go based off on and off the field. Because if you're going to do that, then A-Rod deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because he's been a phenomenal person off the field. But, yeah, it, but it there's a double standard. That's a, Kurt, that's a problem. Schilling is absolutely 100% not in the Hall be, because of his personality and that the writers don't like him. That's fine. But that's not, you, that's not what it is, though. It's not a popularity contest. But, it's but a, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's why Jeter wasn't in unanimously because it's a popularity contest. A Red Sox writer voted him no. So I agree with it, you. So, so, but that's a problem. Yes, it is. So, to me, I don't even care. Like the Hall of Fame to me is kind of a joke. So, so Schilling did tweet out that he wants to be taken off of the writers' ballot, and he just wants to be able to get voted in by the veterans' committee. So, just the guys that are in the Hall of Fame get to vote as well for their own Hall of Famers. He wants to just get voted in by them. Well, I think um, I think that's how it should vote, be. The writers should not have a vote because this is a joke. And it's been a joke. Like, why wasn't Ken Griffey Jr. unanimous? Because some asshole woke up unanimous. on the wrong wrong side of the bed. Yeah, I mean, I mean every single Hall of Famer except Mariano is not unanimous. So that that's so a problem. Ruth, Ted Williams, Hank Aaron, just passed away. All these guys aren't unanimous. That's it's an issue. And they have to play the numbers game because they might know. Like last year, for example. If you everyone knows Jeter is going to get in, it's a foregone conclusion. And if you're a writer who's not going to vote for or is thinking about some other guy who might not even get the five percent, you might use your Jeter vote on that guy just to get him to that five percent, knowing that Jeter is going to make it anyway. So why does my vote matter? That that's that's shouldn't that's be. not the logic behind you the decision, should. though. I mean, come if on, it was, it? it would be totally fine. And I think that's a smart way to go about it. And it's. It's a good way. No, that's to not totally fine. That's not, that's not how it should work. You should vote for who is a Hall of Famer. You shouldn't well, vote for a guy because this guy's going to be there already, whether he gets my vote or not. I'm going to vote for this guy instead because I these writers they only, have, they only have ten votes, so they have to choose them wisely, I guess. So, so you're, you're telling me you're telling me that that writer had ten votes, and Jeter I'm not. I'm just using Jeter as, as I'm just a, using Jeter as an example. I'm not saying that that's the reason. It is a why, major issue. That's what why, I'm saying. That shouldn't be the case. Why does that? Who is that guy? That's another problem. They should not. They should not be anonymous. They I feel should, like there's no sense should. harping on it because he's got every right to do it. Like it, it's his vote, and he's gotten to that point. It's just messed up. The system is that way. It's. It's. There's no sense in us harping on this one guy for voting the way he has the right to vote. No, like it's, it's not just one guy. It's. It's every year. There's somebody. Fine, but like. Like Scott said before, there's a lot of people, and it doesn't truly that one ballot doesn't truly impact everything. There's what I'm saying is there's no sense going at this one guy saying no. But that's my point is Tyler. These are baseball writers, and we're reading what they write for our knowledge, right? So how could you take that guy 
seriously? How could you think that he knows the game of baseball if he doesn't think out of 10 votes that Jeter belongs in the Hall of Fame? I think or, the process should be Or revamped. Ken Griffey Jr. belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying, matter. the way the process is now, this guy did nothing wrong. Like he's technically allowed to do what he's supposed to do. So let's go he after the process. He is technically allowed to do it. Doesn't mean that it's the right process and the right protocol that should be in place. It should probably yeah. be changed. I'm just talking more for the sake of viewership right now. We should be going through the process, I guess, instead of kind of going after the guy himself. Like what what can we do or what can the hall do to improve the process, I guess? It should just be the people that are in. I agree. Yeah, I think so. And I guess they could have a smaller committee of of people. I I guess it's similar to like the way that the Heisman vote works as well. Like all the guys that have won a Heisman before have a Heisman vote, plus they have a committee. Um, and they they talk about how there's too many voters in that as well. Like it should just be a, a smaller select like group of people that get maybe, to vote. Maybe more years as a writer. I mean, I feel like 10 years is nothing in the grand scheme of things. You could be a baseball writer for 10 years and really not even make it anywhere. Yeah. But what do you have to still get asked? Like, is, is 10 years like the very basic prerequisite? I think 10 years you're automatically in. And you could be a so, beat writer for the, uh, the smallest team out there, and you have a vote as, as, as much as a Ken Rosenthal national baseball writer. How about just the national okay. guys get in instead of just local people? Could that work? I mean, yeah. I, I just feel like the vetting process isn't so clear cut. Like, I, then you're drawing the line between which writer deserves it, and national writers are more important than local writers, and it's all just like it's all arbitrary. Like some people enjoy consuming local content. Some yeah, but like an Oakland it. athletics writer that's been there for 15 years and has a Hall of Fame vote, mm-hmm. he doesn't. He specifies on the Oakland athletics, though that's the baseball he watches. So over the course of a career a Hall of Fame career for someone on the Toronto Blue Jays or the New York Yankees or some team that never plays the Oakland Athletics, how can he fairly gauge that career when he never... If you're a Hall Hall of Fame player, everyone knows who you are. And if they don't, then they don't really watch any baseball. I I mean, you know, you watch every Yankee game, but you know who Mike Trout is. You've seen your fair share of Mike Trout. But not every Hall of Famer is Mike Trout. There's other guys. There's a Mike Messina. Not every baseball writer knows or followed Mike Messina's career. I feel like if you make the Hall of Fame, you know. I don't know. Whatever. My my main point was that Kurt Schilling is an asshole. All right? And do I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame? No. However, his numbers tell you otherwise. So are we going on the human or are we going on the baseball player? And if that's the case, we need to make a decision and stick to it because the human of Alex Rodriguez, the human of David Ortiz belongs in the hall of fame. Well, I mean, the player, the player does too, but that's neither here nor there. There is a report that writers who voted for Kurt Schilling before the insurrection, which he then went on Twitter and supported, then asked major league baseball or whoever's in charge of whatever it was to rescind their Kurt Schilling votes. Now, the, the supporting the insurrection for as horrible as that is, that has nothing to do with what he did during his career on the mound. So that's kind of the argument, I guess, that we have to decide is does post-career uh, moral standards count when people are voting on you? I'd say no. It shouldn't, I mean, but it does. Especially and, not political views. That's pretty crazy. And and the well, issue what is what he did is a little bit more political views, but of course, you yeah, you don't support that for sure. 
But I mean, he got fired from ESPN for homophobic and transphobic tr- tweets. I'm he, not supporting uh, his character. I want to put that on record. I know, of course. Um, uh, he has like he collects Confederate and swastika memorabilia. He, he's just a he's a bad guy, but definitely not. It, you know, it, really, it comes down to that. At the other hand, he's the, one of the best postseason performing pitchers of all time of the generation that he was in. Yeah, and, and you know what? If we didn't live in an age of social media, whether it's Twitter and all this. He would be in because people wouldn't know this side of him as much. There might be a few people that know about that his personality, but it it comes down to the fact that he has the ability to put out whatever he wants at whatever time through social media, and the entire world can see it. Um, and it plays a factor into the voting because people see that and they they think that the Hall of Fame is baseball heaven, and you know he doesn't deserve to be there because of his character. Let's uh let's shift back to the steroid users. Are you guys on the same page with me where the reason I think steroid users should be in is because that was an era of baseball that existed and the Hall of Fame is a museum. Yes. Um I've been there. I'm sure I, I don't know if you guys have been there. It's yep. a museum. It's supposed to teach younger kids or people who go there about the history of the game and the steroid era is a part of the history of the game. Now I'm sure the current Hall of Famers who did it the right way probably don't want them in. But if we're telling the story of Major League Baseball, you can't tell the story without Barry Bonds, without Roger Clemens, without all these guys. And for me, that's enough to put them in the Hall of Fame. So I guess this kind of connects to that. I was listening to the radio going to uh, get my monster before, and it was WFAN. I don't remember exactly which show it was, but they were talking about this exact thing and basically saying how if you've ever been to the Hall there's the hall part of it, and then there's the museum part of it. And they're saying that the steroid people are all fully represented in the museum portion of it, but there are people that don't believe that they should be represented in the hall portion of it. And that was kind of an interesting point for me, uh, just as a listener, because I mean, it's a good point. I feel like if you want to kind of, I don't fully agree with it, but if you want to set the standard as like the morals are between kind of your accomplishments on the field being recognized in the museum versus the hall itself, then I feel like I could hear both sides of that. I don't know. As an example, like the ball, the 756 ball that Barry Bonds hit, that's in the hall of fame, but mm-hmm. Barry Bonds himself is not in the hall of fame. Yeah. Now if exactly. I'm Barry Bonds, if I'm saying, if you're not going to put me in the hall of fame, give me the ball back. That's kind of, that's I guess point the also. point I would make yeah. if I was Barry Bonds. And we talked about it over the summer when uh, the, mcguire and sosa documentary was out that that era of baseball saved baseball really for a huge you know population of people it was a dying sport people weren't watching people weren't going to games but that changed the game and people wanted to be there and see that um so i absolutely do agree that those people those guys that are deserving should be in the hall um because it happened it it and it was it was legal at the time. There were no rules in Major League Baseball banning performance enhancing drugs at that point. Like it was part of the game, and it they should be in the hall if you know they're you know eligible. Barry Bonds um, has more career intentional walks than the entire Tampa Bay Rays organization. Um, with that being said, steroids absolutely made him hit the ball further. There's no questions asked, but steroids doesn't make you. Um, I guess my hit the baseball. My my argument is that what the Astros did 
was worse than what Barry Bonds did because Barry Bonds did not know what pitch was coming. You know, he could have swung out of his shoes in every pitch, and steroids is not helping that. Steroids is not going to – steroids, we'd not, we wouldn't make the major leagues. What? If four, if the four of us took steroids, we we would not be major league baseball players. We I still wouldn't need God given talent. I wouldn't have made it to Mammoth's D one team. I, I mean, that's just, you still got to hit the ball. You got to make contact. You know, you, you think you listen to you know Alex Rodriguez talk about hitting a baseball. It's a science. You know what he does is a science. And Arod was a guest pitcher. A, yeah, a guest pitcher. Guest hitter. Guest yes. hitter. Sorry, I just had a stroke. A guest hitter, and uh, you know he he. Well, he was up there trying to guess what the pitcher's next move was. And that's why there were times where A-Rod would just look silly up there looking at a ball right down the middle or or swinging at a ball in the dirt. It was him literally just guessing. And a lot of the time, he guessed it right. I mean, the guy is an unbelievable baseball player. He's an absolute genius. And with or without steroids, he has the numbers to be in the Hall of Fame. The ball might have gone a little bit further with the steroids, but the fact of the matter is he served his time. Why is he still being punished? He served the longest suspension in baseball history at the time, and now he's still being punished? Or Barry Bonds is now still being punished 10 years after his career? I don't know. To me, then that means Kurt Schilling should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to keep harping on it. because yourself there, Cash. Can you hear me? I no. can hear you. Oh, Scott's the only one who there, can't hear me. There you go. Oh, um, I forgot. Oh, I'm going to keep harping on the fact that Schilling belongs in the Hall of Fame because to me that's ridiculous. I don't like the guy. I think he's a loser, and I, I, I wouldn't. Think it, I wouldn't vote for him. But I also don't have a vote. But my point is that it it, it if it's go off of on field success, these are the best people to do it. I, It's tough. It's it tries me up a wall. Yeah. I get because you know the people who t- say you know Barry Bonds isn't a good baseball player. He was just on steroids. They don't. You don't know baseball. You know, you don't know baseball if you think that. That's just a horrible take. Let's move on to transactions because we got a couple transactions within the last couple minutes. Andrelton Simmons went to the Twins, ten and a half million for one year. Interesting. Tommy Tommy Lestella is going to the Giants. Term, term of that deal hasn't been released yet. This morning, Scott, you got your catcher. JT, back with the Phils. Five years, $115 million? Yes. Over the weekend, Yankees get Jamison Tyone to shore up the rotation. Um, also, we're able to get some um, salary relief trading out of Vino to the Boston oh, Red Sox of all teams. Uh, so it looks like they're going to spend that excess money to replace out of Vino in the bullpen. So it's Scott. How do we feel? And now with Algerton Simmons going to the Twins, that opens up that door for Didi to come back because it was rumored earlier today that the Phillies were more in on Simmons than Didi, but now it probably opens the door for Didi to come back. Yeah, uh, absolutely ecstatic uh, that JT Romuto is is a Philly again. It should have never gotten to this point. Um, it should have been a situation where they traded for him last year and they should have gotten a deal done before the season started. Um they did not, and you know it, it turned out to be what it was. Uh, but yeah, happy he's he's resigned. I'm happy he got what he wanted. He wanted to be the highest paid annual uh, catcher by annual average. Um, he got that by a hundred thousand dollars, so he gets paid twenty three million. 
uh, 23.1 million a year, which is huge. Um, it, it, he's just so valuable to that team offensively. He's best defensive catcher uh, in baseball. He's got an incredible pop time. He throws everybody out, gets on base. He can steal bases as well. Uh, just an incredible baseball player. And you know what? Bryce Harper is happy too, because Bryce has been pushing for that since the moment he got here. That was to, uh, to keep JT. Um, so happy about that. Uh, it does leave them money to bring back DD. Um, as you mentioned, Simmons was maybe their first option. He's off the Why board now. Why would he be their first option? Because their defense sucked as a whole last year. So he's a better defender than DD, but, um, DD's bat is just more, I think, valuable than Simmons glove at this point. Um, and their backup option was Freddie Galvis, who I thought I just saw as well. He signed as well today. I think that's um, the Angels, right? Am I wrong? I, I don't know. I miss I didn't see where he signed, but if if so so now Semyon, Simmons, Galvis are all off the board. Galvis um, went to Baltimore. Okay. So yeah, the the Phillies really only option at shortstop now is to bring back Didi, unless or they're gonna move move Segura. Move Segura back, but I guess that's an option, but I'd love to have DD back because they really don't have a left-handed bat. Um, Bryce so, Harper. Other than Bryce, they don't have a left-handed bat. I'm I'm just messing with you. No, I, I know. So, <laughs> um, yeah, a big day in Philly. It, it, it's, it's exciting. Everyone's let's, let's, happy. Let's keep it with the NL East for a second because the Nationals get Brad Hand to add to adding Schwarber. Um, obviously the Phillies have kept JT Ramuto. They're probably most likely bring back J uh, DD Gregorius. Cause that it's kind of a marriage that needs to happen at this point. Um, you got the Braves who have made some nice moves. They've won the division the last two years and the Mets, um, earlier today, Bob Nightingale said that they had an offer that exceeded Cole's and annual average value that ended up getting shot down. But there is an offer on the table for Trevor Bauer. This is shaping up to be the most competitive division in baseball where the Marlins who made the playoffs last year might be the odd team looking out in contention. What, what are, what are our thoughts about this division as spring training is approaching? I know cash doesn't share the same sentiment as me, but um, I, I think if Bauer goes to the Mets, I feel like that puts them over the top. I feel like in the national league, national league East and all of baseball. What do you think? In It definitely puts them at the top of the East. I think in my opinion, I feel like, the pitching is just head and shoulders above what the Braves have as good as that young core is. And you're making faces over there. I don't really care. You can defend yourself if you want, but I, I, the Braves definitely have a better lineup at this point, but the Braves or the, um, the Mets lineup just got a whole lot better with Lindor. I think the Mets need Bauer at this point because they lost out on hand. They lost out on Springer. They can't mm -hmm. lose out on a third guy. I think Bauer is, might become something they need that Cohen needs to do to retain any credibility to what he promised the Mets, even with the Lindor trade, he promised the Mets a big offseason. I think the big signing would probably have to be Bauer at this point because he struck out on hand and with Springer. Yeah, I mean, look, that entire – I feel like their top six pitchers would be – every single one of them would be at least a number three in a average MLB staff anywhere else. Bob Nightingale is reporting that the Phillies and Reds are focusing on D.D. Royce. Um, but of course, it's also Bob. So, <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go back to Tyler's point. 
Yes, the Mets have seemingly put together a nice roster. They have put together a nice, ro- nice roster. You have to admit it. You have to. I'm not saying they haven't. I'm not saying they haven't. But how many times do we go into each season saying the Mets have put together a good roster? Every year. Every single year. None have been as good as this. Every year I go on. None have been as good as this. None have been as good as this is a thing that we say every year. I can't prove anything more to you. Every year since this show has been on the X from till now, I've said the Mets are probably going to be good. But they never are. I picked them to go second in the division in what? But 19? don't you think that Tyler? I I don't disagree with you, and I think Bauer would be good for the Mets. That yes, I think Bauer. Would I be edit good for these the podcasts. I have receipts, and you definitely disagree with me. No, you let me finish. All right, well, I'm gonna find the text then. Can continue. Bauer would be good for the Mets, but I think it would ruin his career. I don't think he'll get the long contract he wants. I don't think he'll get the big contract he wants, and. Um, you know, let's not forget that every year Cindergard misses half the year. So that's one of your starters. He's already missing half the year. Okay, so there's that. Um, and who is their closer? Edwin Diaz. That's a problem. And and the starting pitching has not been the issue for the Mets. I mean, you can make they've, the argument five years ago, they also had the best rotation in baseball. The year after they went to the World Series, they had Harvey and DeGrom and Syndergaard and Mats and Well, Harvey actually fell off the face of the earth. But, but this is not the this is not the first time in the last decade that we've sat and talked about the Mets rotation being here's the best what I'm in baseball, saying. The, and they the, don't the, have anything to show for it. The Mets starting pitching was not bad last year, but how many times was the lead blown in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning? You know, and it was it was almost every game. And in this new age of baseball, your pitcher's not going a lot past that unless they're throwing seven pitches an inning. So I mean, they are when you have a rotation that good, like the Mets. I feel like, who, but you're going to need big saves. You're not. You're, you're not letting your pitcher throw. Division, you're not. You're not letting your thirty million dollar a year pitcher throw 120 pitches a game. When, this is not happening. When out of the five teams, you can make the argument that four of the teams can realistically win the division. It's going to come down to the bullpen, and you know. The, the Nationals got their closer in hand. Um, the Phillies have upgraded their bullpen. They got um, Archie Bradley. The Mets really haven't done anything rotation wise. They got Trevor May. He's not gonna. He's not a game changer in the bullpen. And All the right, Braves so, obviously have probably the best bullpen in the division. I have a question. Every year, not just the Mets in baseball. You know what do we always say come postseason time? The best bullpen is going to win you the World Series. That and not striking out a hundred times. That's that's my thing. I, I, I hate that. But even if the Mets squeak into the playoffs with the two wild cards, or one of the two wild cards, I should say, what does that mean? Are they going to get bounced in the first round because they I don't have they don't have the bullpen? The Mets with May the wild card with Degrom on the mound. Go for what it. Were you gonna say hi? I was going to say, may I ask who recorded the final out on the mound for the Dodgers? Urias Kershaw, wasn't it? No. Was Scott got it. Leo Urias. What do you need a bullpen for? You got Kenley Jansen. They won no, the World right. Series. No, you're right. But Urias was pitching out of the bullpen. You should just not you shouldn't line. bring in any of your bullpen for the But he's not a bona fide closer, though. That's the thing. No. If that's your deal breaker as to why the Mets aren't over the hump, I argue that they can make up for it in other areas. The Met, the But it's not just the closer. Who else the is in that bullpen? This year is better than the Dodgers rotation, I'd argue. Uh, I don't. I with don't Bauer, think, with Bauer, it is. Oh, with on. Bauer, yeah, but they're right. bot. They're I, 
their top three, DeGrom, Stroman, Carrasco is fine. But after that, it's Steven Matz, David Peterson, Joey Lucchese. Those are, I, I only mean with Bauer. The Dodgers have the edge without Bauer. Those are, Bauer, those are yeah. borderline right. starting If it's Bauer, it's by the time Syndergaard comes back in July, it would be DeGrom, Bauer, Syndergaard, Carrasco. I'll Stroman. take that. I have something to say about Drummond. Trevor Bauer. I'm a big fan of Trevor Bauer, and I know Scott is too. Um, <laughs> however, I saw an interesting tweet yesterday, and I looked up his numbers to back it up, and it backed up that I saw a tweet saying that the Mets are going to give Trevor Bauer the highest-paid contract for a starting pitcher per year for a season and a half of good baseball. The last season and a half. Not a season and a half five years ago. I get the argument, but like – Improvement is an improvement. If it's if it's recent in the last year and a half, I understand, and that's how people get paid. Like you look at the NFL and the NBA, like these guys just show that they can do it over the course of one year. They get extensions. Like Acuna and Albies, look, they're young. They got these massive extensions. It's the same thing. Like you just show that you can do it, and you get paid for but it. Here's, I feel like here's he's in the issue. prime, and he deserves it. Here's my issue. I, I like Bauer. I do. I think he's a good pitcher. However, last season was sixty games. And in the grand scheme of things, two months is nothing. Two months is nothing. Tyler, you've played more than 60 games in a year. We all have. 60 games is nothing. I get that, but I'm not Trevor Bauer. Like, he won the Cy Young. I don't care what league it is. He won the Cy Young, but he's only had an ERA under four twice. He won the Cy Young on two months. And the worst division in baseball. Worst two divisions. If you're buying his upside, that's the that's the thing. If you want my opinion, I don't think there should have been an AL or NL Cy Young winner last year. I get that they had to do it, but it's two months, Ty. Who does that? Everyone's playing a season. Every pitcher is playing. One guy's not playing 162. The other guy. How many times did he start last year? Also, not playing a normal schedule where you play everybody. He made 11 starts last year. He played a very bad division and a very bad AL Central. Regardless, the MLB happened, and there has to be one pitcher that's the best, and that one happens to take home the side. Fine, and, and I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just saying that you can't – it's got to have an asterisk on it. We argue, it every, we argue every freaking week to make baseball fun again, and then the next episode we come on and shit, up, shit off giving awards. Like, it makes no sense at all. We're hypocrites. We're just a bunch of hypocrites. That's what it comes down to. Well, no. I'm not – no, no. Yeah. Okay. No fun. No more awards. How's that? I didn't say no more awards. Though. No MVP for this year. Starts, it's 2021. For 11, for 11 starts? Is there really is that necessary to have a, oh, I was the best through 11 starts this year. I Rick, Porcello, times. Rick Porcello won the Cy Young in a full year and arguably should not have won it because he had 20 wins on a good team. Yeah, he shouldn't have. They should have given it out that year. It was invalid. But, no, you can make an who, argument every year. Who votes on that one? Is there baseball writers? Yes. No. Yes. I think yeah. so. The writers. Uh, yeah, but that's a lot more awards. selective. It's not the same process. Whatever. I'm gonna that, look up forget, voting on that. So you can forget my argument. That's fine that he won last year, and congratulations to Trevor Bauer. I'm not trying to take it away from him, Ty. All I'm saying is it was only 11 starts. Yeah. yeah. So you prove think, it over a full season, then you can get paid. I think that what Cash is saying, he he absolutely does not deserve to get paid more than Garrett Cole per year. I'm not arguing that either. And, but you know what? It's probably going to happen because Steve Cohen – talked a lot and that they were going to spend money and they were going to go out and do all this stuff. And they've lost out on these guys. He kind of has to go do it. So in the 2016 Cy Young voting Porcello won with a 3.15 ERA. Uh, second was Verlander with a three point. I know ERA is not the biggest thing in the world anymore, but 3.04 Kluber had a better ERA than him. Britain was actually 
in that Cy Young contest. Wait, can you go back on that? Why isn't ERA in the biggest thing anymore? A lot of uh, analytic people don't care about ERA that much anymore. Oh, so let's just give up 30 runs. It doesn't matter. I don't understand. What do you look at then? Yeah, but if you get up there, you're not going to get uh, the wins. ERA plus walks. Well, yeah, uh, but that's what I, I thought. Analytics don't look at wins and losses anymore. Justin Verlander's WAR in 2016 was 7.4. Purcello, who won the Cy Young, was 4.7. That seems about right. I don't know why he won the WAR that year, but regardless, go on. I don't remember what we were arguing about. We we're arguing about awards and how they don't count. No, that's not what I fucking said. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Yankees. They traded for uh, Jamison Tyone from the Pittsburgh Pirates, gave up four prospects, the best of which was Miguel Yuri, whatever. I don't know how to pronounce it. No offense to him. Um, Yankees, their their game plan going into 2021 seems to be behind Cole, let's throw as many, let's flip as many coins as possible and hopefully at least two or three land on heads. That seems to be what they're trying to do. I'm a fan of it. Yeah, you need you need depth because it's inevitable someone at some point is gonna get hurt. So especially for them. I am not gonna sit here and be biased. I'm not gonna be a hypocrite like Tyler likes to call me. Um I, I called the Mets out for saying the same thing every year, and I'm gonna do the same with the Yankees. We say the same thing every year. Brian Cashman makes a couple of big splashes, and we, oh, we say, Oh, this is the year. This is the year they get it done. And every single year they lose in October. And I don't see – so, yes, they made an, an enormous adjustment with the starting rotation. They brought back DJ, but what else did they do with that lineup? They haven't done anything. To me, I, I mean, mean, that's a problem. I mean, what, what more can you do with that lineup, though? Glenn, isn't it an issue that every year the same yep. thing happens? Don't, but these guys don't, are inter- don't interrupt me. Let me finish. The same thing happens every single year. You get these guys who can hit 40 home runs and strike out 450 times. That's great. I'm glad that's exciting for everybody. Over a 162-game season, that's great. But over a month of baseball in the postseason, that doesn't work. And I don't understand when that's going to matter to anybody in the Yankees organization that it doesn't fucking work. Cash, let me ask you this. Hal Steinbrenner calls you tonight, says, we just fired Brian, you're the new GM. Who in that lineup are you getting rid of, and who are you replacing him with? Well, it's too late now. Everyone's been Check signed. Me. Check me. Everyone's been signed. They waited two and a half months to sign DJ LeMahieu because everyone was twiddling their thumbs. Okay, okay, who would you have wanted? You got, you got, uh, let's, say, let's say this happened two months ago, and you became the GM of the Yankees in November. What would you have done with the lineup? I think Didi coming back is a huge. would have been huge. I really do. Where do you put him? I, I would, I would argue to move on from either Geo or Voight, and yeah, bring has to in and bring in Didi, and and put either Lemayhu or or Geo at first, Didi at short, uh, or I I don't know. You could get creative with the defensive alignment. I don't think Labor should be the shortstop anymore. He came into camp fat last year, so to me, that you lose your right to be shortstop. Forever? Listen, I I am just so over the whole thing. Brian Cashman's done a good job. A couple episodes ago, we I mean, I at least said. Brian Cashman has done a good job this year, but it took him 30 years to address the starting pitching. Why did it take so long? I don't know, but he did it. So what do you got to harp on it He did it, but I don't know. It's been 11 years since the Yankees have been to a World Series. I agree. That's, I mean, that's a fact. I don't have to agree. It's true. (laughs) 
to, that's an issue. And every year we say the same thing. It's World Series or bust. It's World Series or bust every single year. Now, my next question is, what about the bullpen? What have you done in that bullpen? Because Chapman's not reliable. Well, they well, how many they teams have a legitimate lockdown salary to get a better bullpen piece? So I don't think the Yankees' offseason is done. I still they, I'm not I saying it is have... done, and, I, and I'm not trying to say that Brian Cashman should be fired. I just think that the adjustment needs to be made because he didn't want to sign Lemayhu three years ago. He had to be talked into it, and that's a direct quote from Brian Cashman. He called me and left okay. me a voicemail. Why? Because you guys got the same last name. <laughs> No, but I'm serious. That that was a quote that he said that I, I didn't want to sign Lemayu. I don't think I didn't think we needed him. You know why? Because Lemayu hits her high average. So why, why do we need him? He gets on base. Why why should the Yankees want him? I needed him two years before we got him. I think that I think what? just I think I the we needed entire him lineup is set in terms of who's anchored at their position. You're not moving Judge. We everyone we all four of us on the podcast want. Frazier to play every single day. Okay, so then here's your great. issue. You have one lefty in the lineup, and that's Aaron Hicks, who's mm-hmm. only lefty half the time. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to keep coming back to this. Who are you Who are you taking out? What right are you taking out to put a lefty in every single day? I just said either Voight or Geo and bring in Didi. It's not happening, though. I know it's not happening, but that's what I think should happen. It's got to be had Gio Didi for four years. Didi. They never. They didn't win with Didi. And those four years, were they supposed to win the World Series every year? I would, I would because argue those 18 were and 19, re- they were. Those were rebuilding years, right? No, but the years that... They let the, Didi go at his peak. They let him walk at his peak. The last two years, 18 and 19, they were supposed to win the World Series. Didi was there. They didn't win. You're right. It's Didi's fault, actually. You're right. You're right. No, I'm just making the argument no, that... No, no, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that... Didi back so badly, okay, they didn't Judge win was the there. World Series with him. Ju- Judge was there. Should they cut him, too? And if I what about remember Gary? correctly, they cut him too? A, if I remember correctly in the 2019 postseason, other than the grand slam against the twins and the ALCS against the Astros, he wasn't very good. So other than two of the most important games, he wasn't very good. Got it. I mean, he, they're not in those playoffs without him because he saved their season with that, that home run against the twins, but no, what do I know? I'm just an idiot with my thumb on my ass. What do we think of Tay? You said it, not he, us. He, yeah. I like him. I like, Jamison Tyone, Glenn. That was your original, you know, question. That was the whole purpose of pivoting here. We thank you, Scott. Thanks for getting us it, back on the track. We lost it a little bit, but I, I like the pickup of Tyone. He he's a big, big righty. Throws hard. He's got good stuff. Um, you know, and he's friends with Garrett Cole. They get along yep. very well. They they have a tight bond. They came up through the pirate system together. Cole act advocated to Brian yeah. Cashman for Tyone. And yes, he has missed some time over the last two years uh, due to Tommy John. Um, but the guy's a grinder. He's fought back. He also f- beat testicular cancer. So the the guy's had, you know, some adversity in his career and he, he's bounced back and he's he's been reliable. In 2018, he made 32 starts. 2017, he made 25 starts. Like he, he's pretty durable when he's out there and healthy. Um I like the pickup. I like putting him behind Cole and Severino. Is he going to be back at the? He'll start be back of by June or July. June or July. Okay. Um, but you know, Debbie Garcia showed a lot of promise at the start of or the end of last year. It sounds like Herman Domingo Herman's going to get another chance at the team. Um, Jordan, Mon- like, I think they're going to be good rotation wise. They're not going to be 
top tier, but they have enough arms there uh, to, you know, see what works. They're going to throw out whatever, you know, they're going to throw out as many things and see what sticks. And I think that's a good thing to have options. Tyler, if they hypothetically hit on all these guys behind Cole, like Kluber, if he's himself, and Tayon is a guy that he was in 2018, and Severino comes back and he's the guy he was in 17 and 18, Yankees are a very, very, very dangerous team. Yeah. Uh, the only question is, will they? I, I'm optimistic, unlike some others. Uh, I had to put that in there. Um, look, I I don't know. I feel like if you throw enough at the wall, you're going to get enough to stick there. Um, and we're, these aren't just like crapshoot players. Like these are guys with history, people that have competed in the postseason before. Um, a friend of Garrett Cole's. I feel like that is something that's very underrated, even though, I mean, it's not something that doesn't mean much on the surface, but there's some exactly. No, that's the thing. Like if you really look into it, like Garrett Cole is the ace of that staff. He's essentially the second pitching coach. Like he's working with these guys. He's taken that role on. He wants to help people. He wants to build the staff. He wants to take ownership of it and just kind of manage it and bring people along with him. And just having a guy that he already has that connection to, I feel like is huge. And I am about at 95% confidence that James and Tyon is going to uh, go back to the level he was um, simply I'm, because of the fact that he's with Gary Cole. Now I'm optimistic as well. I mean, I'm, what, from what I'm reading about Kluber, everybody seems to say, or whoever saw him in that bullpen session seems that his velocity is good. Um, Tayon said himself on an interview that his velocity is up from previous off seasons. My problem with the Yankees is, I think they should bring Tanaka back. I know it doesn't look like he will. I think it looks like he's going to go back to Japan. I think it's, I think it's a bad look that going over the luxury tax by a couple million dollars is keeping you from bringing back one of the more reliable pitchers that they've ever signed in a free agent contract over the last seven years. I, that that's a problem for me. I don't like that optic that Tanaka is gone. All right. So you let's, let's play the same game, Glenn. You bring him back. Where does he pitch? When in the rotation, Every fifth day. So who do you take out of the rotation? Montgomery, oh, Garcia, that's an easy Schmidt, one of those guys. That's not really a hard decision for me. We're talking Masahiro Tanaka here. I mean, I don't know. Listen, if because right now it's Cole, Kluber, Taon, um, probably Garcia, Montgomery, and then you have Schmidt in there too. If Tanaka came back, I'd put him in over Garcia and. Can you say Montgomery. that rotation one more time, please? Cole, Kluber, Taon, Montgomery, Garcia, and then Severino in June or July. It's a lot of pitchers. Well, you're supposed to have like seven, eight. Is someone going to the bullpen? Yeah, I guess so. No, well, that's the thing. We don't get Corey Kluber if we get to knock it back. That's the thing. Like, we only know the reports on the surface. They know their entire plan in-house. Like, they should. they probably had an indication from Tanaka that he did – he that they either were not going to reach a deal. I'm sure they both wanted to reach a deal, but Tanaka's camp was reported to ask for upwards of $20 million. That's a lot of money for Masahiro Tanaka when you can go out and get Corey Kluber for eight and get very similar production. I feel like they're not better. Along. Hmm? If not better production. I mean, I love Masahiro yeah. Tanaka, but he was bit by the long ball a lot the last couple of years. Great postseason pitcher, though, when we needed it. And you Correct. can't deny that. I, I'm going to miss I'm him. not arguing that. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not arguing you. 
You just said you can't. I'm shocked that nobody's signing him in general. I know there was a report that it was either Yankees or Japan, but I'm shocked that no other team said we'll give you the money or at least. Do you know that? Heard? I don't know. You're right. I I don't know. I would assume that he's been getting offers. I think it's a Yankee for life kind of thing. It's either Yankee Yankee for life. I'm playing in the U.S. and if not, I'm going back home, and that's it. And I don't blame him if that's his mindset. Yeah, I agree. Let's, um, let's move on to Hank Aaron passed away a couple days ago. Um, I never really knew a lot about Hank Aaron. I knew obviously that he broke Babe Ruth's home run record. He had 755 and that was broken by Barry Bonds, but I was watching a lot of MLB network over the last couple of days and really learned a lot about like his life and his career. Um, one of the greatest ever, like we've had, we've seen people, great athletes over the course of time pass away. And I feel like they've gotten a lot more, I guess, media attention than Hank Aaron has gotten by the national media. But if you really look at his numbers, this is probably a Mount Rushmore type guy. So that's something I never really realized. I just thought of the home run record. But um, today I saw a stat that if you take away all of his home runs, all of them, all 755, he still has 3,000 hits. That's insane. So one of the greats gone. 10 Hall of Famers in the last 13 months have passed away. That's crazy. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, the guy's absolute legend. Um, and probably under the radar. Uh, he played what 22 years. He made 25 all-star games. So they did play two all-star games for a short period of time, but still 22 years, 25 all-star games. That's incredible. Uh, as you mentioned, still has 3,000 hits if you take away all of his home runs. Um all-time leader in RBIs and total bases. Um, just just an awesome, awesome baseball player and just a huge uh, person with breaking, you know, breaking ground. He's shortly after Jackie Robinson, but uh, he played a huge part in that, uh, you know, color barrier, um, big uh, civil rights activist as well. Um, it's a sad loss for, for everyone because – the guy was incredible at what he did and um, got a lot of, got a lot of flack for it. There was a lot of push for him to, to not break Babe Ruth's record uh, when he did um, just, just a sad day for baseball. And as you mentioned, just so many great legends that we've lost over the last year. Yeah, I mean, I look, I don't know much about Hank Aaron. I'm not going to sit here and harp and pretend that I do, but yeah, no, I would just echo everything that you just said. Like, I really know the basics, kind of what Glenn started with, but yes, home run king. Some people think he's actually the home run king, um, depending on which side of the steroid argument you're on, but definitely a tremendous, tremendous loss for the sport of baseball. Uh, Cash anything real quick? I think that uh, it's a huge loss for the sport of baseball, but it's more of a loss for the Atlanta Braves. I mean, I think that, you know, if I could compare it to anything, it would be he was to Atlanta what Kobe was to Los Angeles. Um, So uh, I think that it's really tough for Atlanta. Um, The city as a whole, the team, the organization, they – that was their guy. That was was their guy. So uh, it sucks for them. But um, he lived a great life. He was an absolute legend. And uh, legends never die. So – and I, I saw that the, the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks and the Atlanta Falcons are both retiring the number 44. 
I'm not sure if it was just for this for this season, just for this season. But even if they did it permanently, like that would be that'd be pretty cool. Um, did you guys see his scouting report from when he was like an 18, 19 year old kid? Where I did not, but I'm sure you have it because that's why you're asking. The uh, the the scout ranked his power as fair. Fair. Yeah, they, like, they just, okay. Yeah, like, okay. Just, power. Yeah, they just thought he would be like an okay power guy uh, when, they, when they first scouted him. So, <laughs> but he definitely did out, all right. Turned out uh, to prove that one wrong and uh, should have been great. So, yeah. Let's. Um, I thought I thought it was important that we talked about that for a second, but let's move on to um, some off the field kind of negotiation aspects of baseball. One, the MLB. Um, the major league baseball went to the players union and tried to trade, you know, expanded playoffs for the universal DH or vice versa. However, it went moral of the story players union said, no, I don't know why they said no, because I think both expanded playoffs and universal DH both benefit the players. So it's interesting to me why they would say no. I feel like they're just fighting to fight. Also um, a lot of officials in Arizona are requesting MLB to delay the cactus league spring training that doesn't really seem really legitimate to me because the Coyotes and the Suns are playing in Arizona indoors with fans. So I didn't really understand why they would do that. Any thoughts and opinions on those two kind of newsworthy aspects of baseball? I think you were 100% right when you said they're fighting the fight. I mean, there's definitely going to be another lockout um, whenever they're they're they negotiating. haven't had one since 94. I know. But when their negotiations are next year, right, Glenn? Yes. There's got. I mean, this is horrible. They can't agree on anything. But what do I know? Yeah, I, I think it's dumb. Uh, I was kind of anti-DH going into last year just because I'm so used to the National League game. But it, it's so much better having the universal DH. Like, it's pointless having pitchers go up there and try and hit. It, it really I is. think it's ridiculous to watch a pitcher hit in Game 7 of the World Series. Yeah, it, it it's it's dumb. Like also, some guys, how, how how bad does it look for the union, for you know Nelson Cruz and Marcelo Zuna to not have jobs, and then the the players union kind of eliminate fifteen potential jobs for them? Doesn't yeah. make sense to me. It sucks. Yeah, because Nelson Cruz was kind of holding off to see where he what his options were going to be. Um, same with Ozuna. It's 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 really dumb, and it affects. Uh, National League teams now because uh, the Mets, for an example, they're going to have to put Dom Smith out in left field, who is a, a subpar defender in the outfield because they can't DH him and they got to play Pete Alonso at first base. Um, I don't know. It, I, I think it's stupid. And I, I liked the expanded playoffs as well, just for the sense that there's more games. Um and then in regards to the, the Cactus League statement, like, as you said, if the if the Phoenix Suns and uh, Coyotes are playing indoor games with fans, how are you going to sit here and say we can't have spring training baseball? Like, you don't need to have fans at spring training games. I, like, I don't understand why that makes any difference. But I did also see that even though they put out the letter um, in the statement, they were also – they're saying that they are prepared for it to start on time. So – I think that's just bogus. I guess it was reason. just like a Hail Mary. Just maybe they'll delay why? it. Why? I, I don't know why. I don't no, know. I'm not mad at you. I can't oh. stand the whole thing. I, I mean, 
it's to a point where it's ridiculous. You didn't have a season last year. Nobody, I don't understand. You should be itching to play as soon as possible, right? But it's not the players. It's the it's the state I, of Arizona. I get that, but I, I think that's absurd. Absurd. But what do you know? I think one of the reasonings <laughs> was one of the reasonings was I I don't think they wanted out of town people coming into the state of Arizona like. But the people that are going to the Suns games and the Coyotes games live in the general area of Phoenix. I don't think they wanted the fan bases of all the teams that participate in spring training in Arizona to be the Arizona spring training. They're all together. They're all like within like five miles of each other. It's much different from Florida where they're just spread out throughout up and down the state of Florida in the Cactus League. They're all together. So you can make a bubble where they aren't really. Yeah, but he's talking about fans. Yeah, I think I think their concern was fans but, of those. But then just don't have fans. Yeah, I mean it's spring training. Yeah, I mean you're still trying to operate a stadium. We just yeah, but, did a whole season of no fans. Yeah, I get that, but they're still trying to operate a stadium. I mean these teams lost, and I'm not arguing that they shouldn't start on time. I think that at this point, if the Suns are having fans inside, you know you can have baseball fans outside. And all across the world, I think that no, that but I understand be... that. But my argument, if the state is so worried about it for whatever reason, whichever bogus reason it is, then the, then don't have fans and just have people work the stadium, and but just have. How can you tell? How can you tell the owner of that minor league baseball team that he can't have fans, or she? I don't know who owns the team that they can't have fans because the the state just has a gut feeling. Because then the Suns shouldn't be allowed to have fans and the Coyotes shouldn't be allowed to have fans. It's, is it minor leagues, though? It's it's major league, though. But it's minor league teams are owned by independent people. They're, it's a story for another time, but the team doesn't necessarily own their minor league teams. So do the minor league teams get any money from major league teams working out at their field? Uh, yes and no. I mean, they do somewhat, but not to a point where um, they could run the season. I, don't I mean, know, it's it, there's too much detail for me to go into right now, but that's the gist of it. Stek, you got anything on this? No. I just I don't understand why people fight just to fight, but that's really it. I don't have anything intelligent to contribute. So yeah, it was it was just a weird couple of things that I saw. And I thought it was ridiculous. Both of them are ridiculous. I mean, expanded playoffs and DH. We talk about every single episode, how to make the game more entertaining. Those two things do that. More markets in, in September. Last pitchers hitting and bunting and rolling over to second. So it's just I'm not almost sure. like Rob Manfred is scared to do something right. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, he uh, didn't. But it was, it was the union down. to find it. Yeah, but like... It, if the union wants something, then Manfred and the owners want something else. And if the owners want something, the players want something else. I'm still leaning more towards the fact that the now at least the, the players are correct and they, the, the players deserve more of an upper hand in these negotiations because they're the people putting the product on the field. But it might change. I don't know. All right. Before I wrap this up, do we have anything that we missed? Anything we want to talk about? I don't think so. Got everything? 
We're getting some good news though. We're getting stuff to talk about. Getting some I like news. Keep, no, I, I would. I, I'm holding off for a second because I like feel like the second we log off, Bauer is going to sign, or there's going to be some big thing. Well, as of uh, 30 minutes ago, Bob uh, Nightingale said that Didi is the Phillies' priority at the moment. Uh, I, I like remember that. there was a report that. that I, I remember Bob Nightingale reported that the Yankees were "quote unquote" enamored with Manny Machado and thought that he was the perfect fit. Yeah, well, is Manny Machado on the Yankees right now? You could literally play like Mad Libs with any any team in the Major League Baseball stratosphere, especially Manny Machado is a good fit, and they're enamored. It's I don't know, I don't know. Umbrella journalism is what it is. Love, love Bob Nightingale. Always a good, always a nice comedy account to follow. I'm going to refrain. That'll just about do it for this episode of Base Hit Ball Four. We will be back next Tuesday. Cash, every week you interrupt my outro. We've been doing this long enough every to the point where you... single week. I think you do it on purpose. Yeah, a little of this, a little of that. Oh, man. A couple weeks away from spring training. That'll just about do it for this episode of Base Hit Ball 4. For Alex Cashman and Scott Roswald and Tyler Blumenstick, my name is Gonzanegas. We'll see you next week. <laughs>